Welcome back to Recap, the podcast where we cover the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. Today, I'll be your host. I'm Joshua Hyde, if you didn't know. And today, I've got a full house in the studio with me. Everybody, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Francine Dash. The boss, boss lady, lady of Yes. I'm Anthony uh, Anthony Arnold, host and writer here at, at Pointcast. And he writes okay. <laughs> I'm merely passable. He had a significant downgrade from the last episode. My God. <laughs> High variance in my quality. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not say, everybody can be on it all the time. So, like, it's okay. I get and it. for I get the it. essay, and I really I hope I'm not the only one who, who got that reference. So, and that's all I'm going to say. We're going to leave it there. <laughs> There's a reference to I Write Okay. Now I got to look it up. Yeah, I hit you with you, sir. Uh, so, uh, uh, say the say the professor himself, uh, Doctor Kerhanen. Um, not I'm not actually a doctor yet, but we're we're getting there. But you're working on it. Soon to be working on it. Soon to be. Future Eventually, be doctor. Published. Say say uh, published author. So all right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. Nick, I'm a he, him, and I'm the newcomer here. So that's fun. Don't laugh at that. No, no, no. I forgot no, about that. No, no, no. That's, no, no, no. that's part love, of it now. I love he, him. I'm a, yes, a Hershey. I'm a, I'm a Hershey. Hershey. You're a Hershey? You're a chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> I just opened the door. Never mind. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, she heard. She heard. Just did it I'm a she, her. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be quiet for the next five minutes. <laughs> I will say, I will say uh, a couple months ago, me and my wife went to Hershey's Chocolate World, which is like a Hershey's themed, like oh. almost amusement park. Yeah, in Hershey, and, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and yeah. it was actually it was actually kind of dumb. I need to go. Considered. We I do not go. we do we, we do not reward uh, people who use slave labor. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Uh, Stop uh, it! Okay, okay. Wait, no. I got sorry, sorry, sorry. Bad host. My bad. My bad. Bad host. We have to my put bad. them on the list. Okay. <laughs> any chocolate? Any chocolate? On the list. I say any. I say any wow. chocolate that's basically commercially available. Yeah, they're using slave labor. Wow. I I posted an article. Oh, you sure did. Yes, you did. The cocoa. (laughs) Yeah, I remember now. That's right. I know. I'm I'm, like I don't always read all the articles that get you. I do. I don't always have the time. I don't read them in that (laughs) moment, but at night, you know how you do your nighttime reading? That's that's when I get my reading done. No, that's when I I game. I get my nighttime gaming. Well, there you go. That is also a form of reading. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes, so it that, is. I've been seeing you playing that Dragon's Dogma lately. Been meaning to ask you about it. I have been. We, we, we can talk, talk about, about that. that. Off air. We'll get on that after show. You know I can't join in this discussion. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay. If, we, if we start talking about games, we, we won't end up actually discussing any of the things we plan to discuss. Oh. So, so, let's go ahead and get into the episode proper. Alex, Professor, let's talk about some trends. So today, we're going to talk about two words. Stare decisis. And for the lay people, who, my, who are my Latin friends here? Yeah, care to 
Can can you elaborate on what that means? I don't speak. Uh, I don't speak Latin. Sure. Actually, um, none so, of us do. Nobody. Yeah. Does. It's a dead language. Come on. Man. You're gonna want. You're gonna want to learn this one. Oh, you're gonna want to learn this one. <laughs> so, stare decisis is a uh, is a legal doctrine, uh, and it means to stand by things decided, or yeah. to like in like English, um, to let the decision stand. Yeah. So it's a legal doctrine in which um, courts will um, use previous decisions as precedent. It's called co-signing where I come from, but okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Stare decisis? Stare decisis. Okay. I'll keep that in the memory banks. Okay. So I simply um, won't. It says that, all right. And so again, so it's a legal doctrine, uh, like this idea of, well, uh, in this case, this decision was made. So we're going to let that decision stand and we're going to kind of follow that precedence. This plays a role basically everywhere. So um, uh, um, did this person by impersonating you and pretending to be you cause you harm? Well, if we go, you know, uh, we go back, we see, well, this person impersonated uh, this person and they were like and they found it, it was a crime specifically they found it was this crime okay well we're not gonna overrule that we're gonna let it stand and we're gonna follow that precedent and uh okay. the recent supreme court uh decisions and leaked opinions and some other things coming up, um they are abolishing stare decisis as a as like a as a principle as a principle at least for the supreme court um and if and if they do if they're allowed to do this um i mean and they are like there's nothing that can stop them except for like their own like they themselves could like recognize this and stop it but it throws out basically all of our like the whole foundation of the legal system so this, this could really undo a whole lot of precedent if you will legal precedent things we've come Correct. Okay. Um, so I say people, uh, so like, so the idea, you know, largely has been, well, uh, so we're just, I'll just say, so Roe v. Wade was settled back in the 50s. Um, I say, like, the, the, you know, say, uh, whether people liked that or not, like, but that was, that was what the, that was the decision that the court made. And so you can, I, you basically have to, you know, by the principle of stare decisis, you have to let that, you have to follow that until something changes, typically in the form of a law. The law is written that then supersedes the previous thing. And now I can't follow this. I had this, I had a decision tree. I started here and then I asked the question and then I followed down like a flow chart. Um, I had this flow chart and I just follow the flow chart. And then I made, and then like eventually we reached to the point where um, now that we've come to this, I, like we have to make a verdict based upon the actual evidence of the case, but like in order to decide the case, we had to go through the flowchart. But the a lot of the uh, the recent Supreme Court things are we're just going to toss out. You don't have to respect the flowchart. There's no flowchart. Just do what you want. It's judge fiat. Whatever the judge and the jury decide, hmm. that's that's the rule. What? Why? Why did this? become a good idea like what um it was never a good it's idea. not <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's, it's just isn't. but but you know how i say you now have a six three can say uh a, a five one three very staunchly conservative uh, ideological conservative court and they 
now want to do all the things that they have accused the 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 four one four court uh, of doing that they want to be they they believe their time has come to be activist judges and so they're going to toss out the whole system so how long has this system been with us uh since the founding yeah Sorry, decisis hat. So we based our legal system on the English legal system, and stare decisis was an English uh, court principle. So from our founding, we've been like we've followed stare decisis. That's why a lot of the like early like court cases in America, like the first murder trial and a couple of other things, were so important. And that's why in in those cases, like they were deliberated on for a while because the idea would be that whatever decisions that they made then right. would still be trickling down for literally the whole of our our government's existence so that's like tantamount to or comparatively to like changing an element in the constitution actually yes. but the question the question alex because you and i talked about this Sure. Have we ever followed Starry Decisis? Really, My, I think Starry Decisis is there to be, to be blunt, for the plebes. <laughs> I think Starry Decisis is there to make the public feel better about the court because the court itself has never, in its entire history, believed in Starry Decisis, not once. No judge, no Supreme Court has ever believed in Starry Decisis. They say it. They say it during their confirmation hearings. They say it when they're giving their speeches. They have never, no court has ever believed that it is a thing. Brown versus Board was overturning Plessy versus Ferguson. The Warren Court is the most liberal court. Generally, Warren was both probably most liberal Supreme Court justice, routinely struck down precedents because he thought they were wrong. Like that's always how the court has operated. Gay marriage, the the the, the laws that allowed gay gay marriage and 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 said sodomy laws were unconstitutional, those are striking down Supreme Court decisions in the 80s. Mm-hmm. The court has never behaved as if stare decisis is the thing it respects. Only when it is talking to the public do they claim they will follow it. And they 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 do not and never have. So uh, it's funny you met. So in Kim, so in Kimmel versus Marvel Enterprises. Yeah. Yes, that Marvel. Yes, that Kimmel. Um, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court de- described uh, this. Sorry, this is from the Cornell Law School. So I knew you were going to say this, so I, I had it prepped. Um, uh, describe the rationale. He knows you the, so well. <laughs> describe the rationale behind stare decisis as promoting the enhanced, predictable, and consistent development of legal principles, fostering reliance on judicial decisions, and contributing to the actual and perceived integrity of the judicial process. They decided Kimmel versus Marvel Enterprise prices on the grounds of stare decisis yes it, well my so my point is well you're wrong anthony yeah. no they sometimes will lean on it but if they don't think a decision was made right previously they will ignore stare decisis and have frequently i mean all well, courts say, and, conservative and liberal courts or infrequently i'm sorry i didn't i don't mean to interrupt We're, go ahead repeat <laughs> well no i was just saying if they think the previous decision was wrong, then the judges have never had a problem overturning oh, previous stuff. True. So the thing about the Supreme Court in general is that historically they are brought in to like when there's a conflict, when yeah. you have like they are specifically there to say we have two laws. We believe that they are in conflict um, Two part well, two parties believe they are in conflict. We go to the Supreme Court and you say, 
which law like takes precedent um which is like and that's that's their whole their whole function that's how i say um yeah and and largely you know that's what's going on in this uh, in this new in this new abortion case is is it the element what I don't remember what the inciting law is anymore. There, there have been too. I have too many in yeah, my head. I, I, I don't either. And, do you recall Anthony? Is it, te- uh, is it not the Texas law? No, that one's not Texas. I think this one is Mississippi's. Mississippi, you're right. So the, like, the Mississippi law, um, you know, uh, is in is in contention with the with the standard um, uh, ninth and say Ninth Amendment. So, but as I say, so, so like we, we do have this conflict, except that this conflict has been solved before. We've literally not, not these two parties. And so it's not double jeopardy because it's not, it's not the same two parties, but we've had this argument before and the legal are, and like, and the, the, the legal ruling was this. I'm so sorry I'd, to interrupt. I'm, so where does that put us? If this is thrown out, where are we now? Well, it means that anything, anything can be challenged. Ah, Okay. And that likely means that several, well, uh, one of the things that I was going to get into later was the actual, like, uh, determination uh, of, of Roe versus Wade and what that means, like, in a legal sense. Uh, because I think putting that into some, like, layman perspective might help us further the discussion. But uh, so, so I don't want to take away from your, your, sorry, your, so quick your aside. segment, Alice. Sure. So quick aside. So the, the Roe v. Wade got us a was decision was made because based upon the ninth amendment which was other inalienable uh rights um that 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 aren't that aren't um that aren't numerated so anything that any inalienable right um that you have that it hasn't that hasn't explicitly been listed um hitherto so this largely has understood the right to privacy. And so then the Roe v. Wade was just a continuation, uh, an extension of that. Not only you have the right to privacy via the Ninth Amendment and the right to an abortion includes that, you know, is in that right to privacy. It is a private decision made by a, like made by a woman for her own autonomy, full stop. Um, now, like this, uh, say now there are other cases um, that like that moved this discussion, but the lot, like the, but it was wrapped up in the Ninth Amendment. There's now a very serious consideration of, well, if it's not explicitly enumerated, then it's not there. It doesn't exist. It's just Judge Fiat. It has it Fiat. Has this, I'm sorry. It has, it has this huge ripple effect. I had seen some stuff about this. It has this huge ripple effect to like gay marriage, interracial marriage. Um, what was another one? Right. So how like I say so how do we just stuff? So how do we get how do we get those? Well, those were just extensions of um let's say of for of various amendments. Um it didn't explicitly say uh you know sexual orientation or gender identity or rate say or racial identity. It didn't say those things, but we could look at the lang they looked at the language and said this is very obviously implied. So we will extend it. Okay, well, now you have a court that is actively going back the other way and saying, if it's not explicitly stated, then it doesn't count, and we'll toss everything out. So also is the reason for the outrage. <laughs> it also makes it really ironic that um, if you don't have the right to privacy, then your doctor can tell you, you know, like, if you are very staunchly anti-vaccine, your doctor would just be like, you have to get the vaccine, because it's what I want you to do. You don't have the right to say no to this now. Well, uh, so the, I mean, so they can't do, they still can't do that, 
Um, but as I say, but you're right. So like the right to bodily autonomy, the state could, yeah, which is again, uh, I say, um, again, there's no right to bodily autonomy. That, that was, that was my misinterpretation there. Right. right to privacy versus Roe v. Wade's right, right to bodily autonomy. I got mixed no, up. No, 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 no. I mean, so same thing. Same. Well, yeah, like, they're but all get, tied in this ninth. Yeah, and they're not all tied in this Ninth Amendment umbrella. Mm-hmm. And the Ninth Amendment was explicitly included as an umbrella because they correctly recognized we couldn't possibly characterize every every like every human rights all like all at once. Like that that's mm-hmm. that was the it was a catch all. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that like we would build upon like what that meant. But we just illustrated that at any point, the Supreme essay, um, someone could pass a law in conflict with that, and the Supreme Court can throw mm-hmm. out the Ninth Amendment whenever convenient, whenever they decide to. That right. there's a whole lot of things rushing through my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's so let's dig into it a bit. So okay. uh, thanks for that, Alex. Um, I know we had discussed this earlier, so I know that Anthony is okay with this, but we. Uh, for the sake of the discussion that we're about to have, we won't be covering a poll today. Uh, however, the polls can be found every Friday on uh, the Facebook page. We really like to interact with you guys there. The, there wasn't one that like directly led into this with like a, a discussion piece. But uh, one of the things clearly that we've we've talked about uh, was like why this makes sense. And I know it was kind of handled already, but effectively the the point that we were trying to make is that like the reason why Roe v. Wade is important is because uh, judicial decisions can't stop a woman from having an abortion. Like that is a thing that is currently in place. In a general sense, the, the major reason uh, why we're discussing this because of, as we've discussed, all the things that can happen and all of the implications that might have for future legal scenarios that get brought either to the Supreme Court or otherwise. One of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, given that this was another kind of major polarizing issue that really highlighted kind of like a gap in uh, what I would call like cultural expectations or ideology, because that's, again, a thing that we're, we're still kind of covering uh, throughout these, these few episodes of Recap. I want to talk about some of the major ways in which cultures and ideologies kind of clash here in America. Uh, we've seen this a lot uh, over especially the last few weeks. One of the things I wanted to kind of ask, or kind of highlight, I should say, is that, like, the Supreme Court would continue, or the, they would, you know, change this, even though so many people, well over half uh, of the people in America would be opposed to that adjustment. So if, or I guess, you know, why, because, you know, I care a lot about the why, why do you guys think uh, the judges would be okay with overturning this decision, even though it seems so favorable to people in America right now, or in general? Why, Why do you think they might think this is a good idea? I've seen a couple of reasons, but I'm going to stick with the one that I think is probably the most prevalent um, in its birth rate and the fact that it's so under like the it, it does not break even on jobs on the economy. Right. We are not producing in America enough children to sustain the economy for the future. And um, I think one of the things that they're trying to do is make it, oh, you um, are getting abortions, so we can't, you know, 
up this birth rate. Now you can't have abortions anymore. Like that's the line of thinking, even though that logistically doesn't work, but they don't, they don't care that that doesn't work. It's, it's a way to maintain the status quo in, in other ways, um, the capitalistic way, while still trying to bump up the birth rate. That is the reason I think that this is why they don't care what the general population wants uh, or the majority wants. They care about what will maintain the status quo the most effectively while also upping the birth rates. Because if you look at it economically, um, we all know from just studies and other countries that having legal abortion um, and like funding it and funding um, what, what is it, health, general health, um, like, like the um, free healthcare improves people's quality of life and it makes them have more babies. And they don't want to do that. They don't want to change the status quo um, because it's a lot of time and effort and money to do so. And why do that when you can just say, no more abortions. Now, if you get pregnant, you have to, you have to have baby. And it also, I think, doubles with um, control for anyone who's not a white male. Um, because if I, you I lost my train of thought there. I do think that's part of it though. I don't have a backup for that because my brain just dropped it, but. That's okay. And yeah. I, I, to follow up on what Nick was saying, I mean, I've heard that as well. Two things, the economy and also the replacement theory. The first one with the economy is, you know, if you want people to have more babies, obviously giving families living wages so that they can make options that they can afford. But um, the, instead of doing that, the other way was, was uh, the fact that we are wanting to have more uh, babies born to fulfill the future needs of our, you know, we need more cogs in the wheel. We need more hands in the factories. We need more workers in the fields sort of thing. Um, and then the other one that's been less covered was um, a strategy that started a long time ago with some fears that were talked about or loosely talked about and, and people like to save us in rural white communities, but it's been really all over where people were concerned that the white population was declining at such a fast rate that they would soon become a minority. And there have been uh, people that were concerned about this. And I remember seeing interviews about people, why certain groups of folks, you know, their names have changed over the years, but all in the realm of, you know, not white supremacy or white or whatever that is, and saying that they were against abortions because it killed white babies and it reduced numbers. And they thought it was part of some sort of strategy, like they were, there was a bigger plan at play. And so people wanted judges, they wanted lawmakers to, to overturn that so that they can have more control over their families. Also, another thing that they brought up was the whole the, the feminist movement, but there, that just clouds the discussion, I think, even further. But there are a lot of reasons that people bring up. But the end result, though, is that women lose autonomy. I think I lost my train of thought there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> people Ooh. lose autonomy with with this, and I don't think that's ever a good thing for a democratic society. That was the 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 white minority theory was actually the part of the control bit that I was going to touch on, and when I lost my train of thought, um, is that. The, the main groups of people coming into America are not white. Um, the immigrants are not white. The vast majority of white um, families are not having babies because most of them 
like everyone else really just can't afford it because they punish mothers for having babies and then they punish workers for working um, with low wages and then high medical bills. Yeah. And then it, it's no wonder we're not, you know, no one is really trying to have babies if you can't afford it. That just doesn't make sense, like economic sense to do so. Um, and if you have a, have a country where you want white people to be the majority um, and very few of them can afford to do it, then the logical next step, if that's your train of thought, is to remove the way for them to stop having babies. So um, while I think those are like, those are all really good points about the, especially about uh, like the various organizations that do want to do this, um, I want to talk about the justices themselves. And the answer is, so why are these justices willing to overturn the apple cart? Uh, the Federalist Society. So uh, the Federalist Elaborate. Society uh, was founded in 1982. Um, it's basically a um, group of students from uh, Yale. So this is from Wikipedia. Um, Yale Law School, Harvard Law School, and the University of Chicago Law School. Um, and they thought that... Um, there had been a liberal or left-wing ideology um, that had been going through the courts, and they wanted to um, to stop it. And so that's like the, what they were founded upon. Um, and they have grown to be one of the most prolific and powerful, um, like legal, not legal. I say not legal institutions as like a as like a body that performs laws. But in terms of uh, um, legal institution, in terms of very, uh, very numerous members, recruiting new members, elevating those members to, um, to posts um, through, like, throughout the legal system and the political system, they, they're, they're very powerful. Um, and they have six of the nine Supreme Court justices. Oh. Are all members of the Federalist Society? Would you like to guess which six? <laughs> the lines are probably I, very clear. But yeah. what do we <laughs> I think that's say? So Brett obvious. Kavanaugh, Neil Neil Gorsuch, Clarence Thomas, John Roberts, Samuel Alito, and Amy Coney Barrett. But doesn't this society, when they say they want to upset the left, basically, what about the left are they trying to upset? Or is it some of the things that Nick and I were discussing earlier? So honestly, so they talk about checking federal power, protecting individual liberty, and interpreting the Constitution according to its original meaning. Because individual liberty is being assaulted. It's like the opposite of... <laughs> You've noticed. <laughs> I, I, I just say, they're not, I mean, they're, they, are, they are a group of humans. They are, they are inherently inconsistent. And they like, you know, they like throwing out words when it, uh, when it favors them, and they like dismissing those words when it doesn't. Like sorry, decisive. <laughs> 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 um, sure, but unlike say unlike, but I say, however, uh, they haven't decided. You know, originalism isn't baked into the Constitution. It's not the bedrock of our of our society. Um, despite what they would like it to be. Because, you know, everyone walks around with their muskets. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think that I, I think that that on on one hand, that that sounds uh, interesting. I know in college, a lot of 
group, when I was in grad school, there were all these different groups of idealists that kind of come together and they form these packs or groups or loosely formed whatever. And then they grow up and they go out in the world and they continue to network and they, uh, some of them stick and some of them don't. And they have these ideals like this group does. How is this group able to position itself from a bunch of ramen noodle eating college students to uh, the Supreme Court? My, my guess is money. Uh, they have well, the money to do so <laughs> in time. Well, yeah. So, you, you, right. Ahead, so I, like I said, um, so they are like, so obviously they are people from large law schools specifically the like the most prestigious um, uh, law schools in the country. And they just went about finding top, like finding top talent and then elevating them to the, like to the law school. And they developed this, like this network of, uh, I say of well-established people and they just built a pipeline. Well, what I'm trying to get at is that there seems like there's a structure behind the students. You know, there seems like there was something there. And I think you're kind of alluding to it. Um, um, yeah, but I, uh, I don't, yes. I can't, I want to know what's behind the curtain. Who's behind the curtain? Where, where, what, in order to keep a structure going, it does take uh, support of some mm -hmm. sort. And do you have any insight into what that support is, where that is, and if there's another group behind the group? Um, I don't particularly want to open us open to yeah. lawsuits. So no, a, it has money, but it's also just a <laughs> the group sustains itself we'll through its own, its own sort of social connections now, right? Mm -hmm. Is is sustained through its just broader social network? Um, has made it so that if you want to advance in conservative legal circles, being a member of the Federalist Society is basically requirement. The only way of doing it. Right. They, they, they've acquired so much institutional power at this point that you. Yeah, but you know what it used to mean? How does the judge how does the judge determine their clerks? Correct. Well, but, I say, well, they get a bunch yeah. of applications. And well, if you have the Federalist Society on there, I yeah. going to accept you. So um, Amanda Hollis um, uh, Brusky, she's an American uh, constitutional law scholar. So she wrote an, uh, a book, Ideas with Consequences, The Federalist Society and the Conservative Counter-Revolution. And a uh, direct quote, uh, the Federalist Society has evolved into the de facto gatekeeper of, uh, for the right of center lawyers aspiring to government jobs and federal judgeships under Republican presidents. Yep. And, but see, that, that kind of feeds more into what Nick and I were talking about before, though, because what, what are some of the ideas that are feeding into those same groups? I, I don't think that it's one without the other. I think whether they realize it or not, they're actually supporting some of those ideas. This was the long game. Yeah. And um, it's amazing to remember some of the things I've read over the years and used to think uh, we used to be able to excuse them uh, when I used to hear different people talk. Even David Duke was another person who was prominent in you know, he was there, our version of Proud Boys, but he ran for office, right? He, he ran for office and he talked about uh, positioning himself and others and like he said, we can't be stopped. You might stop me, but you won't stop others. We're coming, we're gonna position ourselves and we're gonna change the courts. And um, so it, it just seems like it's, 
manifested or it's manifesting. And now my, I, I, I'm just not sure what we can do about it at this point. Yeah. We're too far gone because we've ignored uh, the culture of America at that time was if you ignore it long enough, it'll go away. I, mean, I feel like that's that still the culture work. of America. I don't think that's ever really yeah. changed, even though we know that that doesn't work. But it's, um, it's, it's a very. I want to. Uh, uh, I'm going to take a run at the question here quickly. I'm going to try to. <laughs> the question, the question <laughs> you asked, Josh, was why are they doing this when there's appears to be so much support for them for the opposite thing. Um, my quick answer is because they don't like the decision. My extended my follow up is the court doesn't have to follow public opinion. They never have. They don't have yeah. to. They were that never supposed so, to follow public. That is a good yeah. point. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. that is really people hate to see it with something like Roe, which I understand. I would also point out Brown versus Board was unpopular. If you had asked the American, but they did. They had pulled the American public. They had found that like it was actually not supported by like a lot of people. The majority of obviously White people did not support Brown for support. But I bet if you had asked black people, you would have found more people, you would have found more support for it, but you would have found quite a few people who did not want racial integration. People should go look up like Marcus Garvey, Afrocentrism, Back to yeah. Africa movement, black well, nationalism. Well, not even that, not even that. My grandparents, they were, yeah. I guess, and the main reason they were, were for safety reasons. They didn't yeah. trust that they, yeah. their children were going to be safe. And right. why would I want to send my kids into a war zone? I mean, that's right. what my grandmother right. said. I mean, you just and that right. makes sense. Yeah. You know, some people so, were for it because they wanted access to, you know. Right. Everything. So you would have found Loving v. Virginia, the law that struck down anti um, miscegenation laws, which is that's the decision that interracial, interracial marriage is legal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like almost 100 percent of white people did not support those laws did not support the decision before the decision was made. Um, again, you probably would have found some support among black people who also <laughs> didn't think marrying into white families was a, was a good idea for yeah. totally understandable reasons, I imagine. Um, so unfortunately, in, in more than a few decisions, the court has actually led the public. So what they found was when they polled about Brown shortly after the decision, the public opinion has started to shift. The majority supported it, and over time, the majority support rose. Um, so unfortunately, the court sometimes leads public opinion. They are supposed to be in front of public opinion and ignore public opinion. That is not. Well, wait a minute. Are you saying they, that that's what because they are going against public opinion with this Roe v. Wade? Are you saying the same is true that they. No, I'm simply saying their job is not to be responsive to public opinion. That is the job of the people who we elect. Who have chosen to not do anything about abortion laws for ever? But isn't Their this like a newfound power? But isn't this like this newfound power of the court? Isn't there going to be some imbalance? Don't you think between the different well, yeah. the forms of government, the way it's supposed to be balanced out? Well, yeah, the imbalance have, is because Congress won't pass a law. Well, because you're going to have, I mean, <laughs> don't you I mean, see that? Doesn't it seem like there would be more legislating from the bench? Not that it doesn't happen, but doesn't there? appear to be the opportunity well, there is but sorry to what anthony's like to anthony's point so yes there is legislating from the bench because that's the only form of legislation that's available <laughs> because congress won't pass a law 
Congress won't pass a law. Congress won't can't pass a law. Like that they, they right. They won't pass an re- amendment making the right to privacy like an actual amendment, which they they could just codify the right to privacy in the Constitution. That is something they could legally do. It's an option available to them. They have just chosen to never ever ever take it. I mean, so like they actually did this. So, uh, um, so the per the Constitution, the income. Sorry, so per the Constitution, income taxes were illegal. You couldn't tax individual, like you couldn't tax individual items. I like that. Uh, they, there was a court case about it. There was a court case about it, and yeah. uh, let's say, and the Supreme Court said you can't do that. It's in the Constitution, and they said cool. And they wrote an amendment and said, yes, we can. Right. That's the normal function of things. And so I am just pointing out the court does not have to follow public opinion. It sucks that in this case, what they're going to do is against public opinion and also harmful. But there have been times where they have ignored public opinion to the benefit of the American people. They have gone, you guys are, your heads are up your asses. We're just going to ignore you and do the right thing. And you know what you'll do? you'll get used to it. So should we just trust that the court will cycle back around as it has? Because, you know, it. Well, no, because it didn't cycle. It didn't cycle back around because people like, because it's like a natural fundamental rule of the universe. It cycled back around because people gave it down because people Mm -hmm. bled and uh, say like, and like put their blood, sweat and tears and died for it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching this video by Adam Conover. I don't know. I'm sure people know who he is. He did uh, um, He did some show. I don't know. He's got a new show on Netflix, whatever. I'm not going to plug for him. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but he um, was talking about how the reason that like the Roe v. Wade situation, the anti-abortion movement is even gaining any sort of traction is because they know how to lobby for it. They know where to go. They know how who to... Um, uh, what's the word? Protest that they know where to protest that, and they know how to be heard. They're the minority, and they know how to make it seem like it's a much bigger deal than it actually is for people. But and apparently, you can be the minority and work for forty years to put people in place so that you can then go meet as the minority and turn things in your favor. Exactly. That's 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 the, I mean, the general thing he was saying is that if you know how to do it, you can be the minority and you can win that's the the um yeah i mean as a as a note like yes that is a con that is a uh constitutional weakness um i i i am not the first person to um to talk about it but like i will bring up you can win the you could win a federal election with only 20 with only 26 percent of the popular vote you can actually skew that lower, but I, like, like, like that—that's the. I, I believe it's. I think the minimum number is seventeen percent. Wow. You just yeah. say you just by winning a plurality of small of small states, you can just win the, um, uh, you can win, uh, with only seventeen percent. So that's just baked into the constitution. One Thanks, of the electoral things, college. One of the reasons why I've been so quiet is because in the nature of our discussion, we've hit literally every single point I wanted to cover as like a natural extension of the conversation we were having, which I thought was hilarious and I didn't want to stop it. 
which is why I've just been sitting here grinning my face off. We're making your job way too easy. For sure. <laughs> like, like, wonderful. like literally at one point in time, I wanted to talk about like, the judges themselves. And one of the major questions I wanted to ask was, is there like some additional movement behind this? Or is this like just a, an, like a cultural like ideology? I mean, well, yeah, it is still a cultural ideology clashing, but like, uh, is it just that, like, it, or is this like some force behind the scenes that we may or may not know about? And so I think it's absolutely wonderful that we started talking about the Federalist Society, which is one of the things I wanted to bring up anyway, uh, because I knew that that was probably relevant in this case. But like, this has been 100% wonderful. Thank you guys. <laughs> this incredible discussion about why this decision is so important. And I, I can't stress that enough. Like the, the people we appoint for the, the things we appoint them for are like one of the major functions that we have as like people to elect people that are supposed to represent us. And while they don't always have to listen to us, we really like it when they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, at the end of the day, exercise your right as an American citizen by voting in local elections and uh, federal elections and all the places you can make your voice heard, whether that's lobbying, whether that's writing uh, notes to your governor, sending emails, do whatever you can to get your voice heard and make your stance known in the ongoing debate of Roe versus Wade. But aside from that, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Elyak Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts, articles, and well, we didn't cover a poll, but we normally cover polls. Uh, thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you all for listening at home. We will see you next time. Josh, out.